When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Starfleet Leadership Academy, a Star Trek podcast told through the lens of leadership development. And now, here's your host, Jeff Aiken. Hello, and thank you for joining me today as we dive in to the first season finale of Voyager, Learning Curve. The episode starts off with Janeway in a hollow novel probably trying to enjoy some time off. The Hala novel is a super cool piece of technology I, I personally cannot wait for. You basically get to play a character in a novel. Super cool. Janeway is portraying a governess in what looks like Victorian Britain, basically getting bossed around by a little boy. This isn't the Starfleet Psychological Academy, because if it was, We'd spend the entire episode talking about this scene and how someone that is responsible for the lives of her crew and the smooth operation of their ship, tens of thousands of light years away from home, spends their free time getting bossed around. Is your Latin a bit rusty? Anyway, the program glitches, so she ends the program, and thankfully it actually ends. We, we haven't had a full holodeck episode yet, um, so we'll, you'll see what I mean by that in the future. But the crew, the crew starts looking into the power distribution issues. Tuvok comes across crewman Dalby, a former Maquis. He saw that one of the bioneural gel packs was malfunctioning, so he went to fix it. Tuvok tells him he failed to follow protocol when doing his repairs, and that caused a number of systems to fail. He fires back right away. I was just trying to do my job, trying to help out. It immediately becomes a Maquis versus Starfleet issue, and Tuvok fails to salvage it. You know, you know, in the United States, criminal law really leans on the intent of the individual. It can, it can be the difference between a 10-year or a lifetime prison sentence. As we interact with the people around us, both as leaders and just as humans, Intent matters just as much. Here, Dalby had the best of intentions. He saw something wrong and immediately tried to correct it. It was his execution that was wrong. That matters. But as a leader, the way you handle a situation like this should depend on the person's intent just as much as their approach and execution. Tuvok is singularly focused on the execution and the negative consequences of that execution. I mean, those are serious. They definitely need to be addressed. But if he listened to Dalby here, heard his intentions and the messages he's giving, he could have responded in a very different way that would have given us a, a very different, much more cheesy episode. You'll, <laughs> you'll see what I did there in, in just a little bit. So let's walk through this scene, but give consideration to Dalby's intentions. He says, I was just doing my job. Tubak would then respond with, I appreciate that, crewman Dalby. It is refreshing to see someone taking the opportunity to solve a problem. Were you aware that your repairs shut off some critical systems and affected others too? He answers, no, 
I didn't know that. The Tubak would continue. That is why we have established protocols for this type of work. Had you just taken a few extra steps and conferred with your division officer, you could have fixed this without the negative impacts. Would you like me to set up some training on these protocols? You know, or, or something like that. Acknowledge that he was doing what he thinks is right, and then offer to help solve the problem in the long term. Some time ago, an e-commerce company, NextJump CEO Charlie Kim, said it would no longer be firing low-performing employees. Instead, it would offer additional training and resources. If you get a job at NextJump, you cannot get fired for performance issues. In fact, if you have issues, they will coach you and they will give you support, just like we would with one of our children who happens to come home with a C from school. Put simply, they consider an employee's failed performance their failure. If something goes wrong, it's because they didn't offer the thing that was needed. Here, there's a clear gap in Dalby's training or, or in the reinforcement of his training. A simple pivot from Tuvok on his approach could have resolved the situation without tempers flaring. But that's not the way we go. So we'll get to see Tuvok try and claw his way out of the hole. I'm curious if any of you will see yourselves or your organizations in Tuvok's approach. Janeway, Chakotay, and Tuvok are meeting on the bioneural gel pack malfunction. If you remember from Caretaker, these were really an experimental technology at the time. There's little practical knowledge on them, and, and per Tuvok, they only have 47 spares, and they can't replicate any new ones. I always, I always find it pretty convenient when they can and cannot replicate. It doesn't really seem to be a lot of logic behind it. I'm sure there's an article on the Daystrom Institute subreddit on this, but, but I'm just not going to take the time to search. But if, if you have, hit me up. Let me know. Chakotay says it would be worthwhile to convert some systems, or at least create backups for some systems, using the standard isolinear circuitry. Janeway agrees, tells him to look into it. And then Tuvok brings up Dalby's behavior. Janeway mentions that she's heard complaints from others on him while Tuvok ticks off his poor performance record. Chakotay, having worked with him with the Maquis, provides some insight and, and, and stands up for him too. Tuvok thinks that discipline is going to be the best approach, but Chakotay, Chakotay disagrees. He says it'll, it'll just make him more aggressive. Janeway agrees with Chakotay and, and, and once again is the voice of reason. She points out what everyone has been missing. See, the Starfleet crew all went through the academy, and, and, and they did that for, for years. Protocol has been drilled into them and just made a part of their routine. It's not fair to expect Starfleet behavior from people who never went to the academy. She has Tuvok put together and execute a training plan for them. He taught at the academy for 16 years, so knowing his strengths... Janeway puts him on the task. Show them why we do things the way we do. Give them an opportunity to feel like they're part of the team. She asks Chakotay to put together a roster of Maquis that he thinks would most benefit from this. Don't worry, Tuvok. I'll tell them to take it easy on you. So good. This is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Janeway, Janeway is demonstrating a core belief that most people don't want to do a bad job. When they do a bad job... It's usually the result of not knowing how to do what they need to do or not knowing the expectations that they, they haven't been clearly communicated. She immediately identifies the training gap we referenced earlier and puts a solution into place. Brilliant. 
Management and leadership are skill sets. You can learn them, improve on them, and practice them. But our organizational hierarchies aren't, they aren't built on that fact. We build our hierarchies by promoting the, the best widget maker to lead the other widget makers. An entirely unrelated skill apparently qualifies you for such a critical role. Tuvok has had a long and fascinating history, much of which we'll get into in future episodes. But at a high level, he worked for a short time as a science officer, then became a security and tactical officer before serving as an instructor at Starfleet Academy. Most recently, he was assigned to Voyager as the security officer. We are trained to detect, deter, observe, and report. But one day, six years ago, a man did more than that. And I am that man! We are that man! You know what isn't in that rundown of his CV? Leadership. But as we saw when he ran into Crewman Dalby earlier, leadership is a key part of his job. As much as this was an opportunity for Janeway to step in and problem solve, it was a missed opportunity to coach Tuvok. Now we can assume there was coaching that occurs off camera, but I think we'll see, once he works with the assigned crewman, that he was pretty much left on his own. But what a great opportunity to step Tuvok through your thinking, as Janeway did, but then to talk through what the proposed training would look like. What would the approach be? What are the objectives? That's the time commitment. As experienced managers, these questions and discussions are, are just what happen as you head into an undertaking like this. But Tuvok is just kind of left to figure it out on his own. I feel like that's an approach we've all probably found ourselves in at, at some point. And I tell you what, it, it doesn't feel good. I mean, yeah, I learned a lot from those times. But in, in the ideal situations, I was left on my own in, in relatively low-stakes situations. Not something like this. The mixed Starfleet Maquis crew was not embraced by everyone. In fact... It was forced on them after an agreement between Janeway and Chakotay. As we saw in Caretaker and in the Deep Space Nine episode, For the Cause, the Maquis can be a violent group. So the stakes here are huge. We're not talking about a disgruntled or uh, unengaged employee here. We're talking about the possibility of a violent uprising. And Janeway, let's, let's Tuvok just figure it out for himself? It's one of Janeway's first missteps, for sure. How often do you do this? How often is this your organization's default approach? As we'll see with Tuvok, it can be a rocky road to success and when you're not guided well. Watch this episode and, and, and think about how different it could have been. How different it can be in your environment with coaching and guidance both before initiating the project and throughout. Okay. Tuvok meets the crewman Chakotay assigned. We've got Dalby, Henley, Chell, and Garen. He tries to explain the purpose behind this, and, well, well, he fails miserably. We have assembled here because Captain Janeway feels you would all benefit from additional Starfleet training. Not surprisingly, this doesn't go well at all. They start arguing with him, which results in Tuvok sending Chell to run 50 laps around the cargo bay. Who said that? Who's the slimy little twinkle toe sucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? That doesn't help matters at all. It actually just bonds them together against him. 
So all the Maquis end up just walking out of the cargo bay. Tuvok again fails as he tries to get them to stay. Truman, you are demonstrating rank insubordination. I order all of you to stay where you are. Ouch. Is anyone here a vet or, or, or currently serving? I was, I was in the Navy back in the 90s. I went through boot camp at uh, Great Lakes or Great Mistakes, as we lovingly called it. I tell you what, that was an experience I, I would be okay never repeating again. I mean, you haven't lived until you've made it rain inside the place you sleep just by doing jumping jacks, push-ups, and self-destructs. If you've been through boot camp or basic training, like I think it's actually called, this episode will, will absolutely bring back some memories, maybe trigger a little bit. But you also have some insight into Tuvok's approach. He's going to attempt to accomplish, during one duty shift a day for an unspecified period of time, what the United States military accomplishes in a hyper-focused, full-time, eight-ish weeks. Emphasis on the ish, if you remember your P-days or waiting to get sent to your A-school. I have a hard time seeing success in the future, especially because of a point Dolby makes. They never asked to join this crew. At least for me and others in the military, I raised my hand and volunteered to go there. That point alone is huge in the success of basic training. You chose to be there and you want to do well. You also want to get the f*** out of there and move on with your service. But these crewmen, these Maquis, they never raised their hands. They don't want to be here. Okay, that's enough, that's enough time spent on boot camp memories. I am uh, I'm 100% positive, though, that we'll have tons more opportunities in the future. In the mass, Garen is thinking they, they might have overreacted. Dolby and Henley tell him it's fine, and all they have to do is keep doing what they're doing. Chakotay drops in. He asks for their side of the story. They say, There's the Starfleet way, and there's the Maquis way. Chakotay agrees to do things the Maquis way, and he smacks Dolby right across the face. Then he tells him to shape up and report to Tuvok. How does a Starfleet crewman answer a question? Yes, sir. Okay, now hear me out on this while I tell you what an awesome move Chakotay makes here. I think I've, I think I've probably mentioned before that I'm a drummer. I, I like to hit things with sticks. In my ever so humble opinion, I believe the drummer is the real leader of any band. They take two, three, ten people and keep them all on the same beat at the same time with the same feel and emotion. When one of the musicians starts to veer from the tempo or the feel, you have to bring them back. Super simply, you do that by connecting with them, often with eye contact or a, or a signal of some kind. And then you match them. You match them just enough to bring them back to speed with the rest of the group and the song as a whole. And that's exactly what Chakotay did here. He saw the Maquis crewmen were veering off track, so he connected with them. He asked for, for their side of the story. Then he matched them by playing by Maquis rules and smacking Dolby in the face. And then he brought them back to speed, aligning them towards Tuvok and the ship as a whole. I like to hit things with sticks. Chakotay apparently just uses his hands. They report to Tuvok. He continues the boot camp approach. After a uniform inspection, Dolby is in engineering with Torres. Another gel pack malfunctions, so Dolby heads off to fix it while she takes the gel pack to sickbay. 
She can't find any mechanical issues with it, so she asks the doctor to check its biological components. He scans it, and he finds that, that it's sick. He explains there's a highly contagious infection in the gel pack, but the, the infection doesn't appear to affect the crew. He recommends quarantining the affected gel packs until they can determine a solution. Still safest to self-quarantine for a full 14 days. Oof, that hits a little too close to home. Torres comes up with a plan and takes it to Janeway. Tuvok and the crewmen are going for a run and a climb, going through over 50 Jeffries tubes just to travel two decks. Once they get there, they have to run a 10K. Oh, so many memories of the grinder at 0430. I don't know what I've been told. I don't know what I've been told. Chell is... Chell is awesome through this. He complains while they're climbing the ladder. As they run through the mess hall, he snags a glass of water from somebody's table. You can stay there as long as you like, as far as I'm concerned. This pack feels like it's filled with platinum bricks. It's pretty great stuff. He and Garen end up getting lapped three times by the others, but they don't quit. Once they finish, Tuvok says, I'll do it all again tomorrow. The scene ends with Dalby panting, giving Tuvok a death stare. Dobby never meant to kill. Dobby only meant to maim or seriously injure. Torres and Kim are checking transporter records for any trace of what caused the infection. They don't find anything. Well, nothing except for Chell degaussing the transporter pad with a micro-resonator. You know, cleaning the grout with a toothbrush kind of thing. Tuvok just keeps coming up with new activities. He set up a war game scenario Shall we play a game? for the crewmen to work through on the holodeck. This time, they're focusing on teamwork. And they fail. Tuvok recommends they should have retreated instead of going out with phasers firing. The scenario seems to have failed him more than they failed it. Once more, you've proven your point. We're just not Starfleet material. Neelix comes to Tuvok in the mess hall. He says he can see Tuvok is distressed. You are making wild assumptions. Uh-huh. Neelix shows Tuvok some flowers that have very flexible stems. They, they can't be broken. But if they end up getting too brittle, they do break. You're saying that the Maquis crew is rigid and inflexible. No, Mr. Falcon. I'm saying that you are rigid and inflexible. He suggests getting to know the crewman and adjusting his teaching method. He makes the same point... Janeway made earlier, and, 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 and that we've made a couple of times here. These are not Starfleet cadets. They, again, did not choose to be here. This is good advice from Neelix here, reinforcing what Janeway initially assigned. This, what Neelix does, is what it looks like when there is regular coaching on an assignment. I mean, this is great and a good moment from Neelix. But this is what Janeway or Chakotay, as the leaders Tuvok reports to, this is what they should have been doing all along. Neelix continues to cook as he talks with Tuvok. He has a particularly odd dish that, that Tuvok asks him about. Turns out Neelix has been making cheese. Ugh, there, is, there is nothing about that that sounds good or appealing at all. Tuvok does some math, realizing that if Neelix has been making cheese, then he's been cultivating bacteria, and he's been doing so right under a ventilation intake. A few moments later, Torres and her team are investigating the ventilation and all of Neelix's food. They take the cheese to sickbay for testing. Tuvok, taking Neelix's advice, is at Sandrine's with Dalby, playing pool. 
He's trying to get to know him better. But but Dalby's wise to it and just he just dumps it all onto Tuvok. He was an angry young man, fell in love with someone that made him happy. Then he watched three Cardassians brutally murder her. So he joined the Maquis and never looked back. Showing his total lack of social awareness, Duvok plays along. How about you? Any family? I do. But at least he has the wherewithal to say that his experience doesn't doesn't compare to Dalby's. While the attempt really doesn't go well at all, they, they do end up learning a bit about each other. In sickbay, the doctor is totally perplexed by the infection in the cheese. It's actually Kess that comes up with the idea that leads to the solution. She guesses maybe the bacteria have been carrying a virus that would escape the ship's scans. So the doctor checks the bacteria and she's right. They get to work while Tuvok and the Maquis crewmen end up trapped in the cargo bay with no access to communications. Gel packs are failing left and right. Kim lists all the systems that are currently failing. Every system on the main grid is down. Communication, transporters, turbo lifts, and life support. The doctor says they, they need to, to basically give the bioneural gel packs a, a fever to fight off the infection. Torres says they can do it with a plasma burst, but that'll put the ship at extreme risk. Janeway says to make it happen. In the cargo bay, the heated gel packs are making the area unsafe. It's wild. All hell is breaking loose across the ship. They hit the plasma burst, which releases toxic gas into the cargo bay. The crewmen and Tuvok start crawling into a Jeffrey's tube to escape the gas. Immediately, Dalby and Tuvok go at it. Tuvok is telling them to leave immediately, but that's going to leave Garen on his own. He'll likely die. It is always tactically correct to sacrifice the few for the many. I don't give a Circassian fig what's tactically correct. I'm going back for him. Dalby goes after him, but Tuvok forces him back into the Jeffrey's tube. He seals it shut. And he goes after Garen himself. He struggles. Eventually, he passes out from the exertion. The crew is in bad shape. Super hot, sweaty. Many have passed out. But the doctor comes on and cheerfully reports that the infection has been cured. We need life support back online as soon as possible. I'll get back to you right away, Captain. The fever was a success. The Maquis crew head back into the cargo bay and pull Tuvok and Garen to safety, working together. They have a kumbaya moment when Tuvok realizes that sometimes it's appropriate to bend the rules. And Dalby says, If you can learn to bend the rules, I guess we can learn to follow them. They help each other to sickbay, apparently now being perfect Starfleet crew members. Hmm. So this, this is kind of a tough one. Like I enjoyed the episode mostly. It finally, it finally really addressed some of the Starfleet versus Maquis stuff that was planted in the first few episodes, but it really wasn't all that good. I mean, it, kind of painted Tuvok as incompetent and had a pretty disappointing conclusion. I think there was some, I don't know, stuff around scheduling and production where this just kind of ended up as the season finale, but, but yikes, as finales go, this, this was a bust. The sci-fi big bad guy in this one was the failing bioneural gel packs. This is a super interesting issue with really high stakes. I'm glad they introduced this as a threat for them. I also really love that it was Neelix's cooking that caused the problem. Thanks to him, who moved my cheese has an entirely different meaning now. 
I've been really honest about how I feel about Neelix. I'm trying, though, to look at him more objectively. So, here I go. These are two things that Neelix did in this episode that I think were great. First, the counsel he gave Tuvok. Well done. Super effective. Second, the whole reason he made the cheese was because one person mentioned they wanted macaroni and cheese. Mac and cheese, mac and cheese, ain't nothing like mac and cheese. He had no idea what that even was. So he researched it, learned how to make cheese. Seriously, how many of us can say that we even know how to do that? And he was working to prepare it for her. I mean, that's that's pretty cool of him. All in all, this, this was a decent, I don't know, background kind of episode. I say background because, again, if you watch too closely, Tuvok comes off looking totally unqualified for his job. But still worth a watch, if for nothing else, watching Shell during the running scenes. Command codes verified. When this episode started off with the run-in between Dalby and Tuvok, I talked about taking the intention into consideration. Now, that doesn't mean everyone gets a pass every time because they had good intentions. In this case, Tuvok could have changed his entire approach and likely had a better outcome. When you assume a person has positive intent, it changes everything. Here, Tuvok approached this from a top-down, addressing a subordinate perspective, which ultimately just, just led to a lot more work for him. Had he assumed positive intent, he could have said, <clears throat> Truman Dalby, I assume your intentions are positive and that you want to help repair the ship. If that assumption is correct, it may please you to hear that there are more effective approaches to repairing the ship. I, I tried to do that as a Vulcan. You, you use your own words, of course. In your interactions, it could change to, uh, I don't know, that report was completely wrong. Do it again. And this time, do it the way I asked. To, uh, thanks for getting me the report. There's some problems with it, though, but I, but I know you intended to get it done on time and right. Would you like to go over it with, uh, with me so I can show you how to get it right? Or is the attachment I sent good enough? You want something that acknowledges the effort and the intent, but also offers a path to correction. They did it wrong, but they likely didn't mean to. In fact, they, they only wanted to do what was right. And in this scene... Dalby tells him exactly that. He hands Tuvok the answer to the problem like a present. I guess I'm used to doing things a little differently. On our ship, when something went wrong, you fixed it. I have a dear friend and colleague that has the best analogy for situations like this. She calls them sandpaper presents. You're being handed a gift, but it's wrapped in sandpaper. You'll have to rip through that to get to the good stuff. Dalby comes off immediately aggressive and confrontational. There's your sandpaper. But what he's saying is golden. Here's why I did what I did. Solve that and I'll be an amazing crew member. There's the present. Keep an eye and ear open for sandpaper presents in your interactions. You'll find that people offer them all the time. Especially the people that you're related to. So Tuvok is given a sandpaper present, doesn't open it, but does walk through the problem with Janeway and Chakotay. She hands him the answer on a silver platter, but then leaves him to it. What we saw in this episode, through its absence, was the critical value of coaching. 
When giving an assignment or a project, take the time to talk about expectations, possible approaches, and desired outcomes. Don't just assume they've got it handled. Now, this doesn't have to be patronizing. Even, even with an experienced colleague, you can accomplish this pretty easily. All right, sounds like a plan. Have you got it handled? I sure do. Okay, walk me through it. How are you gonna kick this off? What happens when this unexpected thing comes along? What'll it look like when you're done? It can be a quick touch base or an involved discussion. It all depends on the situation, but that's not where it ends. Check in, make sure they're doing okay. Is the original plan working well or have they needed to adjust? Can you help them in their adjusting? This is invaluable at any level. And it not only sets up the person and the project for success, but it helps everyone learn from it. By stepping through the process and the plan and then checking in on it, there are countless opportunities to learn from each other or to engage others in the process as needed. Don't squander these opportunities by just trusting it'll be done right. That might be the quick answer, but I can assure you that it is not the correct answer. What do you think about assuming positive intent? Have you been left on a project without coaching or support? Do you have any cool or, well, terrible bootcamp stories to share? Let me know. I'm on all the social media at Jeff T. Aiken. Jeff T. as in 10K, A-K-I-N. And if you would, I'd really appreciate it if you told a friend or a coworker about the Starfleet Leadership Academy. Now, let's see what we're going to watch next time. Working. Season 1, Episode 16. Hey, that's the, that's the same as this episode. No, uh, no. Of the next generation. Too short a season. I'll be honest. I, I don't really remember much about this one, other than I think it has something to do with an evil admiral. I... I haven't watched a lot of season one TNG in a good 20 years, so this will be a fun refresher for me. So until then, ex astra scientia. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage, behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for The, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Electricast.